All right, good morning. Man, good to see you guys. So glad that you're here. Uh, I know the flu's been going around, but God is still on the throne. He still wants to speak to us, and so I'm glad you're at church this morning. How many of you guys love the Word of God? How many of you guys appreciate how it encourages you? I sure do. Uh, I want you, if you do have your Bibles, Bible apps, however you want to read along, we'll have it on the screens as well. I want you to turn to Daniel 3. We were actually in this chapter a couple weeks ago, but we're going to use a story in Daniel to talk about this new subject. So we're gonna, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the subject of fear. And I actually love talking about this subject. Uh, for Cody and I, this is a, a lot of our life message, if you will, would come uh, from the subject of dealing with with fear. Uh, we're so passionate about this. Actually, a while back, we were going to go and get matching tattoos that said, fear not. Uh, but we, we got scared and didn't get them. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but in the Bible, it actually says 365 times to fear not. One for every day of the year, God is trying to remind us that we don't have to have fear. Jesus said it. Angels said it. The apostles said it over and over and over again. And still we can still struggle with fear. So we're gonna talk about a few different types of fear over the next few weeks. We're gonna talk about the fear of man and how a lot of us, I mean, we're just driven by, by our need to be accepted, wondering what people think about us all the time. How about the fear of death? Anybody ever had a fear of that before? Where you're just like thinking about oh, so many, so, there's so much of that going around right now. Uh, because if you watch the news, according to the news, we're all, we're all going to die. It's, we're all, it's all, it's done. And the truth is this, the stats would show that one out of one people die at some point in their life. So that, it's, it's, it's going to happen, you know, so, but, but we do, we struggle, we struggle with fear. And so uh, today I want to specifically talk about future fears, but I, I think the reason why the future can be so fearful for us uh, is because of the potential negative things that could happen. And so instead of just pretending like negative things aren't gonna happen, I think it's good for us to understand and to know and how to, how, how to have faith and how to act and respond when those negative things happen. How many of you have ever been in a fire before? Anybody ever been in a fire before? Okay, just a few of us. I, I, I've never been like, we have some firemen here. They're like, oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've been in a fire before. Uh, I've never been like in a house fire, but I've been around fires that felt like they were getting out of control. And that's a scary deal. One of my very first missions trips down to Mexico, uh, we had been clearing some brush uh, because we were going to dig some footers to build a, a new house for a missionary down there. And so we had this huge pile of brush, huge pile of brush. And, and so we're, we're trying to light it on fire, but it kept, it wouldn't light, it wouldn't light, it wouldn't light. And so I was like, I had this awesome idea. What we'll do is we'll go and we'll get some, some diesel out of the bus, um, the, the, the orphanage bus. We'll get some diesel out of there and we'll put it on the pile and then we'll be able to light it. And so we went and, and did that. And um, I got a five gallon bucket and, and filled the five gallon bucket with diesel. <laughs> and so, uh, and then I just went and I was like, well, it's a little bit, just put the whole thing on there. I mean, come on, go big or go home. And so, uh, so I lit that thing and it was like, it was like I, I set off a fire bomb. It was like napalm went off. And this, this thing started 
to build and build and build. And then it began to spread and spread and spread. And before I knew it, like there was fire everywhere, including the tree that was right next to the current missionary's home that was starting to light the missionary's home on fire. So this, this missions trip wasn't going well for me. Like it was pretty counterproductive at this point. And, and, uh, but that was a really scary moment. Eventually we got it under control. But, but at one point, like I, it, there was fire starting to come around us, you know? And so then I'm like, okay, what is it? Stop, drop and roll. And I was like, stop, drop and cuss. Like, this is not a good thing. Like, I'm, this is a scary, scary deal. In the book of Daniel, there's some great stories and prophecies. Uh, it's a historical book that talks about this group of people, the Israelites, the majority of them, they are essentially prisoners of war. And the Israelites, specifically a group of friends, were faced with being put through some heat and a literal fire. Now, some of us in our lives, we face heat because of our own dumb choices. Some of us, honestly, if we were, if we were honest, we just put ourselves in situations where we put ourselves in some heat. These guys are put in some heat purely because they're just trying to stand up for the Lord. They're trying to stand up for what they believe. So King Nebuchadnezzar, he's the new king of Babylon, and he builds a 90-foot statue of himself and says, hey, I want the, everyone, I want everyone in my entire kingdom, this is a huge kingdom, everyone's gonna bow down and they're gonna worship this statue, okay? So his, his level of narcissism had gotten so deep that he didn't just wanna be king, he wanted to be God. And he wanted to be worshiped. And he insisted this happened that anyone that wouldn't bow down and worship this statue, that they were gonna be thrown into a fiery furnace. And so most of us, we probably saw this story, learned this story in Sunday school at some point or another, probably on a flannel board growing up. And so a lot of us know this story, but these, these friends, these three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they just refused to bow down to this statue. And so, but these guys, they were actually among advisors in the kingdom at this point. Even being Israelites, they had gained influence, they had gained stature, they were looked to for the way that they could lead and, and the wisdom and all. These guys were brilliant guys. Like these guys would have graduated summa cum laude. When I graduated, I graduated, oh, help me, Lottie. Like, that was like how I graduated. But these guys are like brilliant people. But they teach us what to do when the heat's on. Because at one point or another, the heat is gonna be on in our lives. They teach us, like, how do you face the fears of your life? So it says in verse 19 of chapter three, Nebuchadnezzar became so furious that these guys wouldn't bow down, so furious that his face distorted with rage. And he commanded the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. Anybody ever seen that look around your house? Just look straight forward right now. Don't look at anybody sitting next to you. But has anybody seen anger so bad that it, their face started to contort? Like, I, I, this never happened in our house because I walk in so much peace and gentleness. <laughs> Y'all laughed way too loud on that. That is so ridiculous. Cody's the angry one, okay? And y'all are laughing at that too, because you know none of it's true. Why does King Nebuchadnezzar do this? Why does he say, hey, seven times hotter? Because as far as I know, like, humans burn in pretty much any fire. 
right? So why does he say seven times hotter? Well, it's over. It's, it, it's too much. It's, it seems so extreme. But he's communicating this because he's trying to invoke fear. Because he's like, fear will make them bow. Fear will make them bow. So many of our lives, that's what fear does. It makes us bow. It puts us in a place where we can't move. We're submitted to all the wrong things and to the wrong people. So let's read this in a different translation. Verse 19 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed, to say the least. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, that's kind of a funny word in the Bible for me, uh, turbans and other clothes were bound and thrown into this blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent, though, that the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. So a few things about fear. Do not fear. Why? Because God will walk with you in the fire. God will walk through the fire with me. You're not going to be alone. You're not going to be alone. Over and over and over and over again in the Bible, God promises that his presence, no matter what you're going through, that his presence will be with you, that you can trust him. He says, I'll be with you. Verse 24 says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. This phrase, son of the gods, it's, it's just a euphemism. He's just looking at and he sees what looks like an angel. It's just not human. He looks divine. The fourth is not normal. He says, son of the gods, and he almost got it right because it is the son of God. It's Jesus. I love how Jesus and his promise that he will never leave us or forsake us is not bound by Old Testament, New Testament. From the beginning of time, from the beginning of creation, in the beginning was the word, that word is Jesus. He was with God and he was God. And throughout even the Old Testament, he keeps showing up over and over and over again to show us, I've always had a plan to rescue people. I've always wanted to walk with my children. From the beginning, he's with them. It says in Isaiah 43 too, when you, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I want you to notice it says when. When. When the river comes, when the wind blows, when the fire comes, when. It's not if. Not, you'll be excluded. You're a really good Christian. It says, when. When. It's gonna come. When. 
in your life, it's a certainty that these types of things are going to come. You're going to go through the fire probably many times in your life. And when it happens, don't forget that you have access to the creator of the universe through Jesus. Relax. <laughs> He's with you. He's with you. One of the things I love about our church is we got so many kids around here. I love it. I, I, I would hope at one point or another all of you get a chance to go and, and watch the kids and kid life, man. When they start worshiping and praising, man, they're dancing around. Man, we teach them just to have freedom in worshiping Jesus. So they're in there dancing around. I don't know about y'all. I was raised in a church that hate, I was raised in church that hated dancing, any kind of dancing. Like they were against premarital sex because they thought it would lead to dancing. That's how much they hated dancing, right? <laughs> And I love that we have a culture where we're teaching kids like, man, we want you to feel like when you come to church, you experience freedom. I love that so many of our staff, we've got little kids, all of our staff have little kids. Like they, we, all, we all know how to grow the kingdom of God. And, and so we got all these, and I love that all of our staff kids, man, they run around this place like they own the place. They just run around this place like they own the place. Like they're so privileged and I, I love it. Like even my kids, they're the same way. Like my kids, if, they, if I'm staying in my office, it's not like they come up and knock on the door and say, Father, anointed pastor of the church, may I come in? They just bust up in there. They just come in there like, hey, Dad, I saw some donuts over in the kitchen. Can I go finish those off? I'm like, I guess so. You know, they just know, they just know they have total freedom and access. They know that. So many of us walk in fear because you forget the access that you've been given to God through Jesus. We let our own shame, we let condemnation, we let our own God picture because of maybe some other authority we've experienced in our life make us think that somehow God is holding us at a distance when in reality, he is beckoning to us to come and hang out with him and to be close to him. We have total access to him. And I think if we just could remember that, we'd walk in so much less fear of the future. I'll tell you this. My kids, when they walk with me, they are not afraid. Sometimes I'm scared. <laughs> but they feel like, they feel like dad is the strongest person on the planet. There is no danger. There is nothing that could ever threaten us when we're with dad. And I could very easily not be here. I'm not that strong. I'm not anything. Isn't it amazing how kids can have that perception of a natural dad and we cannot have a truthful, an honest viewpoint of the creator of everything. We have access. She's going to walk with you. Also, do not fear. God will burn off the things that tie you down. I love this. God's going to burn everything that's tying me down. Notice that in the fire, they didn't get burned. Their clothes didn't get singed. Not their hair, not their not eyelashes, Nothing. Like I've experienced firsthand, like facial hair is very susceptible to fire. One time when I was growing up, I, I, my dad, we, he, he, was, he loved muzzle loading. And so one time he left the house and we, we, we found dad's 
stockpile of black powder. And, and, and so I, I'd watched the movies where I was like, oh, this is cool. You can make a trail of black powder to a bigger thing of black powder. And, and, and so I experimented with it. And so I had this big pile of black powder. I was outside, praise God. Uh, but I had this big pile of black powder. And then I just put like a, a small stream of black powder. I was like, this is cool because I'm going to light that. And just going to go... I'm going to have plenty of time to run. So I lit the end of that thing and it went, <laughs> it just blew up right up in my face. I went inside. I had no hair left on my face. Like my hair was still smoking. Like it was, <laughs> used a little more hairspray back then. This says, they didn't, this, this says they didn't even smell like fire. They didn't even smell like it. The only thing that got burned off were the man-made ropes that had tied them up. And your fear, it is man-made. It is made by natural situations and circumstances. It is perceived in a natural and temporary world that may have some very real feelings and facts but they don't stand up to eternal facts of who God has called you to be. They're natural. And the fire, the fire burns these things off. So the question is, what have you been tied up by? What's holding you back? What are the limitations in your life that God desperately wants to burn off? Anytime you're gonna go through the fire, Typically, even in a natural fire, if we're going through the fire, we're looking for the quickest exit. How do I get out of here? But sometimes God is trying to burn some things off. Some of you are afraid of the future because there may be pain on the horizon. Most of the time, that's where fear centers around something painful. There's pain on the horizon, and so that, that's why you're scared. But here's the thing. Pain never leaves you where you are. Pain never leaves you where you are. Pain will ever either push you back or it'll carry you forward. And that's why you can meet people that they've gone through painful situations and the pain has pushed them back and they are a shell of their previous self. But you've met other people that they said, no, my pain moved me forward because I put my pain in the hands of a capable God. And when you put your pain in the hands of a capable God, he's gonna use it for a testimony and a story. He's gonna use you. See, when you put your pain in the capable hands of God, all of a sudden he picked you up in one place, he set you down somewhere else and you don't even realize how you got there because you just kept trusting him in the middle of the pain. You just let him use it. So when you are consumed with the fear of pain, I find that when you're consumed with fear, whatever you're fearful of, it'll have the upper hand. If you're fearful of the pain that could be on the horizon, then that pain will wind up controlling you. Instead of becoming something in God's hands, it can become a testimony and a tool that can glorify him and build you up. When you get close to God, when you're close to God, everything depends on your relationship with him. When you're close to God, I promise he will use pain for your advantage. 
look, your character has to be tested. And the fire, the pain, it, it refines. When you've gone through these things, your faith has been stretched. I love the tough guy movies. Anybody like a good action movie in the house, okay? I, I, look, I, I, I don't like bad language and all the sexual stuff, but violence, I'm all totally down with it. Like, I'm, I'm great with it. In fact, this afternoon, that's what I'm going to do. When I'm done preaching, I like finding a dark, cool room, and I watch a violent movie. That's my favorite thing to do on, on Sunday afternoons. I don't know why. You can pray for me. But, uh, but I like in the tough guy movies, like when some guy gets shot, right? And he's, like, bleeding out. He's barely holding on. But then, like, his friend... His close friend, he's like, we got to carterize it. You know, so they get like a poker and they heat it up in a fire and they're like, ah! One time in my life, I want to do that to someone. I, I just said one, <laughs> one time in my life. Like I got a poker in my trunk right now. I'm just waiting on that, that, that chance. Like at some point, somebody's going to be bleeding out and I'm going to be the guy. Carterize that sucker and save their life. Like I said, you can pray for me. Sometimes you're going through the fire because you're bleeding out and God's trying to stop the bleeding. Sometimes there's some things in you that they need to be burned and if they're not burned, you're just gonna keep on bleeding. It's a part of your character. It's a part of who you are that's going to keep bleeding, and God can see it. He knows unless, unless they walk through the fire, they're going to bleed out. He's trying to save you. Isaiah 48.10 says this, I have refined you, but not in the way silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. Some of you are like, I'm done. I surrender, Lord. But it's so important. In botany, it's interesting, there's some things that can only grow when they're exposed to forest fires. There's this, this amazing uh, pine tree, jack pine trees up in the northeast. And their pine cones, they're so tightly bound when they fall that only by being exposed to extreme heat do the pine cones open up and release the seeds. That's the only way that, 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 that's the only way that these trees can continue to exist. And so they, they, they do it artificially sometimes to get these trees. Man, I think this is so important for where some of you are at right now. Because some of you are in the fire right now, and that fire might be a diagnosis. It might be something with your business, something with a relationship, your marriage, something with your family, with a child. You're in the fire. But here is a fact. There will be something new that comes out because of it. Something new will come out of it. There's a dream in you. There might be a book in you. There's a ministry in you. There are gifts and talents that are in you. There might be a business that is in you that is going to be released because of the extreme heat of that fire. God's going to bring something new. And it's going to be released probably through some pain. Do not fear. I'll bring unbelievers to God. It'll bring unbelievers to God. Because at the end of the day, man, this is a testimony. It's a witness. 
how you handle pain, how you handle the fire, how you trust God when you're under pressure, when you're beat up in your life, when things are unfair, unjust, will be your most powerful witness, your most powerful testimony in your life. Why? Because people will listen to faith that is tested. Because faith that's been tested can be trusted. Sometimes I preach in other countries and, uh, and when I go there, what I've learned is sometimes my humor doesn't translate. <laughs> so I'll be going along and I'm like, man, this is gonna be so good, man. I love getting people laughing and enjoying hearing from the word of God. So I'll say something that translator will be translated along and then they'll just stop like, you cannot say that here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, go, go ahead, just try it. I'm like, no, no, it won't work. <laughs> it's like, okay, fine. I notice though, most of the time when I'm speaking in places, especially places where people don't know me, they could care less when I talk about any of my successes. They kind of glaze over like, all right, big guy, whatever. But as soon as I say things like cancer, marriage struggles, personal struggle with lust, kids with challenges, struggles of their own. All of a sudden, people start leaning in. And all of a sudden, they're like, tell me more. Did the cops get involved? Did somebody get tased? Did Cody cuss? What happened next? <laughs> yes. Cody gets so offended when I say that she cusses because she hates cussing. <laughs> but the, the, the point is this. My testimony opens the door. Because if I'm able to stand before them with some level of joy and peace and determination and perseverance in my own relationship with God, in spite of all the fires, then that's something that people need. They want to hear about that. Because we all have them. It's kind of like the difference between sometimes like a travel agent and a tour guide. You go to a travel agent and they're going to pump up and tell you about all these places. Like, it's amazing, but they've never been there. She's going to tell you about how awesome it is, but they've never been there but a tour guide will tell you what's around the corner. Your testimony makes you a tour guide in other people's pain. And, they, and people desperately need a guide. People desperately need people that are vessels led by the Holy Spirit and willing to say, I understand that I am an overcomer by the sacrifice of Jesus and the word of my testimony. And I want to help lead other people to experience the sacrifice of Jesus so that they can overcome also by the word of their testimony. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than to serve and worship any other God except their own God. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their house be turned into piles of rubble. He's still extra, okay? King Nebuchadnezzar, he's still, he's still a little extreme, okay? For no other gods can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And I just wonder what your lives would look like if you walked without fear. You ever been asked this question, like, what would you do in your life if money wasn't an issue? Like, if you didn't have to worry about how much something costs, like, what would you do in your life? I think a better question is this. What do you think God could do in you and through you in 2020 if you walked in godly boldness? Because I promise you this, fear will keep you back way more than money will ever keep you back. I believe that God wants us to be a people that in spite of situations, circumstances, and the feeling, the pain. We know where we stand in light of eternity. We are heirs in the kingdom of God. We sit enthroned next to Jesus because of his love, his grace, and his forgiveness. What could we do if we didn't have fear? God's never surprised at your future. There's never been anything that's ever happened to you that God was like, oh my, I didn't see that coming. He didn't cause it all. The devil didn't cause it all. We live in a broken world, but he promises he'll be with you. He's with you. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. One of the reasons, the only reason why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had this faith, understand this is before Jesus. And, and yet these, these young men, they had this faith and this trust in God that was unparalleled. It's amazing. Why? Because they knew him. They had relationship with him. They spent time every day with him, speaking to him. And I want, I want any of you that don't have that same relationship, the only way you can walk free from fear, the only hope of it is to know that you're loved, to know that you're accepted, to know the price that was paid for you so that you could come near to the creator of the universe. And if you're here today and you just don't have that confidence, you don't, you don't have that hope, you don't, you don't have that relationship with God. And maybe you did at one point or another, but you have had no confidence 
in it for a long time and maybe you just need to come back to him. I wanna give you a chance just to say, I need you, God. I need a relationship with you. I, I'm consumed with fear. I'm consumed with, with so many different things and, and I'm, I don't wanna pretend anymore that I've got it together. Maybe you're not pretending. Maybe it's just really, really obvious. But at the end of the day, until you surrender your life, until you're willing to say, I have nothing. I can't save myself. I've tried. I'm not good enough. Until you can come to that place and just say, God, I need you. You can't have the kind of hope, the courage and boldness that we've been talking about today. And I'd love for you to experience that. God would love for you to experience that. He loves you. If you're here today and you just would say, hey, I, I'm in that place. I, I'm away from God. I don't have that kind of courage. I don't have that kind of faith. I don't have, because I don't have a relationship with him or I have a lousy relationship with him. And I just, I need to get it right today. If that's you, nobody looking around, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I just want you to be bold enough. Just have enough courage just to say, admit it. Admit, say, that's me. If that's you, I just want to put your hand. As soon as I see your hand, you don't have to keep it up. You can put it down, but I just want to know who I'm praying with right now. I need a relationship with Jesus. Got it. Thank you, guys. Got it. Thank you. Anybody else? I'm away from him. I need to rededicate my life to him. I'm consumed with the worries and the fears. I want to have some confidence of who I belong to. Okay. Thank you, guys. Father, I thank you for those couple of hands. And I just want you to encourage you just to talk to him right there in your chair. You can say this prayer loud enough for your own ears to hear it. You can say it in your heart. The word says at some point, you need to tell somebody, you need to declare that you're a Christ follower. Great way to do that is through water baptism. But right there, just say this. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I believe that you came and you paid a price for me that I couldn't pay. You died on the cross. You rose from the grave. You defeated my sin. You defeated death, and I call on you right now as my Savior. I need you. Come and give me hope, peace, and joy. I need you. Thank you for saving me from my sin, but I also want to live a life that's full of your purpose, your plan, what you want from me. So I surrender to that plan, that purpose. Be my Lord. Father, I thank you for the couple people that made that prayer or said that prayer, maybe for the first time, maybe the first time in a really long time. Thank you for meeting with them. Thank you, God, that even now they're, they can feel your grace, they can feel your love, your acceptance. That you're always gonna be there. You're always gonna walk with them. Thank you for that. Here in a little bit at the end of this service, our, some of our prayer team are gonna be up here at the altar. I find one of the best ways to defeat fear is to confess it. When you confess fear, I believe that it loses so much of its power in your life. And some of you, that, that fear of the future things that you perceive may happen, things that you think may happen, and things that you know are gonna happen. But your fear of those things, they're gonna cripple you. 
They're going to keep you from experiencing everything that God has for you. I'd encourage you, come, let someone pray with you before you leave. Let one of our prayer team pray with you about that fear. But if you need prayer for anything else, it doesn't have to just be on that subject. I'd encourage you, don't leave here today feeling heavy, feeling hopeless about anything. Prayer works. The confession of God's word and his truth over any area of our lives works. God wants to move on your behalf and I encourage you, don't leave here today. If you, if you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how you're already beginning to move. And I thank you for the chains of fear that have already been broken off. But I thank you that you're not done yet. You still wanna walk with some of us. Some of us are gonna get freedom before we leave. We're gonna get freedom right here at this altar through prayer. And some of us, we're, we're get, beginning the process, Lord, of breaking those things off. I pray that even today, tomorrow as we go into our work week, we would walk with more confidence, not because of who we are, but because of who you are in us and with us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise in this place for a couple people that made a decision. We're proud of you. We love you.